Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello and welcome to Not Overthinking. Taymo, how are you doing today? I'm not doing too badly. It's been a long time since we've done this. It feels like many weeks. It feels like many weeks indeed. Um, I, th- I feel like this episode, should we, we, we should do a few updates. So what's, what's going on with our members community? Yeah, so if you don't know, for the past few months, we've been sort of experimenting with having kind of like a paid membership to Not Overthinking, where we have like a members community with a Slack group, organize events, things like that. Um, I don't think it went so well. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't think it went so well. I think it started off with good intentions. Uh, like, oh, it'd be really cool if we had this thing where we can meet up with people once a week on Zoom calls and stuff. Mm. Um, but as I've also realized with my part-time YouTuber Academy membership community, it's actually quite a lot of work to uh, maintain a membership community and to do it well. And it becomes almost like a second job. Uh, and I don't think either of us thought it would be that way. Um, and then you've got people paying a monthly thing and you want to give them value and you don't want to like, you know, make them disappointed. And uh, you end up feeling beholden to paying customers for providing a consistent monthly service, uh, which is fine because it's how like business and stuff works. But given that we didn't want to treat this podcast as a business, it felt a little bit counterproductive. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think we underestimated the amount of work involved in actually making it active. I think I was kind. Of, I was kind of expecting. Oh, you know, we'll set up the Slack group. We'll kind of bring bring a bunch of people together, and you know, some magic would just happen. And yeah, you know, we'd organize some semi regular events, and then people would just like, you know, make friends with one another and, and kind of do their own thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we 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 organized. You know, for the first bunch, of, I think for the first like month or two, we organized like weekly weekly Zoom calls. With, you know, and we had sort of 25, 30 people, I think, joining each of these. And they were fun for sure. But again, there were some challenges around like, you know, if you have a Zoom call with 25 people, how can you make sure that everyone gets to contribute, all of this kind of stuff. And then, then we experimented with, okay, how do we like, you know, maybe we can have smaller smaller calls. You know, 30 people is a lot. Maybe some people are scared to contribute. Um, and, you know, then we, we, we had a few smaller calls and some of them were good. I think just like ultimately... For you and me, uh, it's it just wasn't enough of a priority that like, and yeah, like doing these weekly Zoom calls, they typically have to be on a weekend because that's when most people would be free. And then it's like, okay, now, now every every Sunday of mine is you know kind of has this big chunk of time out of it where I can't have any other plans and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I think having those regular events is very disruptive. Mate, how do I turn on Do Not Disturb on this Big Sur Mac? Um, you click that little thing next to the Siri button in the top right and click do not disturb. Oh, okay. I think that should work, yeah, because the Slack and messaging notifications that you're getting, you're very popular indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've decided to do what <laughs> it's exactly what we did with my part-time YouTuber Academy membership thing as well, which is that we're closing it down and refunding everyone all of the money they've ever paid for it. So uh, if you are in the membership community, then thank you very much for uh, being part of this uh, experiment uh, as it were, for the last few months, but you will be being returned all of the all of the cash that you've ponied up for it, and 
yeah, I guess we'll just keep the Slack group active because we might as well, if anyone does want to kind of continue to make friends on that. But it's, yeah, it, it, it's really not, like, I think it was, it was good that we tried it as an experiment, but when we realized that actually we're charging people for a thing that is a fairly low priority for us, then it's just a bit unfair to continue to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll keep the Slack group picking about. There, there are maybe like maybe about once a week. I, I think there's like quite an interesting discussion in there about something that someone posts, and it's it's really cool to see that. Um, so yeah, big thank you to everyone who was who was and is part of the Slack. I'm sorry that we didn't really do it justice. Um, yeah, thanks uh, thanks for giving it a go with us. Yeah, in 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 terms of other updates, so we are, we're actually recording this on a Wednesday evening, and it, it, I can't believe it's it's taken us like two years to realize this that part of why recording this podcast weekly has actually been quite hard is because we always would record on a Sunday. And Sundays are like a social day where, you know, if it's if it's the middle of lockdown and there's nothing to do, then sure, we'll, we'll record remotely on a Sunday evening. But now that lockdown is easing up, like I've had plans basically every Sunday evening, you've had plans basically every Sunday evening, things have been happening. And I think it was Angus who suggested that, hey, why don't you guys just record midweek? Like you don't have to record on a Sunday. I was like, oh my God. That's actually a revolutionary insight. So we can yeah. just like have a recurring calendar event on like Wednesday evenings. That Wednesday evenings is podcast evening where we hang out um, with one another and just do the podcast. So yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll mean uh, this and future episodes are going to be on a more consistent basis uh, rather than sporadic as they've been as they've been recently. Because as you all know, we are sticklers for consistency when we can. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's nice that lockdown's over and there's stuff to do on the weekends <laughs> for sure. Cool. Any other kind of life updates? I, I have a few. I feel like we should, we, we, we should exchange one each. All right. I have one from last weekend where I went on a low social optionality weekend trip with uh, some friends. This was actually uh, bringing two groups of friends together who hadn't previously met. But actually, a majority of the group had been previous guests on this podcast. So we had oh. Luc- Lucia, we had Joey and Mac. Uh, Mac, had, Mac and Lucia and Joey had not met before and then we had a friend of mine from university and his wife and so um you know kind of sort of uni friends of mine plus you know podcasts slash other friends of mine you know bringing the two worlds together um yeah how how was it what were the vibes the vibes were great we rented an airbnb near wolverhampton we were mostly limited by airbnbs so we booked this about a month ago and i think everyone was basically trying to go on weekend holidays um as as the lockdown was easing up and so we didn't, we didn't choose a Wolverhampton and then find the Airbnb. We like found a cool Airbnb. It was a sort of big kind of uh, manor house kind of thing. And we had like one, one sort of wing of it or whatever. Uh, yeah, just like really old building, super cool vibes. Um, yeah, the weather was phenomenal last weekend as well. So we did during the day, we did like a bunch of you know, typical outdoorsy stuff of like going on a walk, sitting on some grass for a few hours, chatting, you know, that kind of thing. And then in the evenings, we'd play board games uh, at the house. I think it, it turned out that like, most of the people there were pretty serious board gamers. So we probably oh, had yes. probably like 10 different board games. Uh, I tried a bunch of new ones. That, I, I played Monopoly Deal for the first time. Probably. Oh, that's that pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah. I had one called Seven Wonders. That was quite elaborate, but like kind of got the hang of it in the end. Pretty solid. Uh, and then there were another couple. Um, the names escaped me. And then we played some of the, some of the classic stuff that we always play, like uh, Snatch, which is a, a variation of Bananagrams. We played some Double. We played some Avalon. Um, you know, all That's the pretty, pretty solid vibes across the board. It was solid the, vibe. The, yeah. only, the only thing I, I know about Wolverhampton is it's where Liam Payne from One Direction is from. Really? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this was near Wolverhampton, but it was kind of in the countryside, um, which was quite nice. I think the thing I didn't appreciate was that basically the whole of last week I was quite sleep deprived. Um, 
and then I was expecting to catch up on sleep over the weekend. <laughs> that just did not happen. Uh, we were sort of up playing board games till quite late every day, um, and then waking up the next day to go and do stuff. Uh, but it was really fun. And I've I basically a couple of months ago I've I sort of resolved to do one of these every month. And so the previous month we went to Cornwall together. I think the month before that we went to Brighton. I don't think I have anything in July, so I'm, I'll um, I'll get something in, in the calendar for nice. July. Yeah, but now lockdown is becoming more of a thing as well, so <laughs> that's always yeah, yeah it's a spanner in the works. I'm trying to think whether any like particularly good insights. From yeah, I was going to say any any insights from the, uh, yeah, the yeah, social yeah. optionality trip. Trying to think uh, for for the newer listeners of the podcast, you might have missed our spiel or rather table spiel about social optionality um, many moons ago. Uh, just so, just to quickly summarize, the the idea is that um, often yeah, we 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 have an episode called "Why Do We Hate Networking Events," which is one of our most popular episodes, I believe, where we're saying you know one of the reasons why networking events and like big parties and stuff are so bad for a lot of people is that there's a lot of social optionality. That if you're speaking to someone and you're not immediately vibing with them, you know it's very easy to exit that conversation without any real social costs, and therefore you can just go to a different conversation and. The nice thing about like a group holiday is that it's a low social optionality event in that you can't just not hang out with someone because you don't really vibe with them because there's a group, a small group of you on holiday together where you only really have one another to hang out with. Um, and we've talked about how that like low social optionality fosters a lot, a much more like interesting human connection where you give someone more of a chance and you find actively find ways in which you've got commonalities rather than dismissing someone because they seem, I don't know, white and sports playing which is not the sort of vibe that i am therefore i'm not going to talk to them therefore i'm not really going to get on with them that's that sort of thing that we're, we're, we're prone to do for uh stereotyping others in high social optionality situations that was a good explanation i don't think i don't think i came up with any insights unfortunately damn i, I guess we just had a fun weekend <laughs> oh, god <laughs> Live wait, wait 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 <laughs> right <laughs> I need I need to get one of those Elgato you know those Elgato stream deck things where yeah, yeah. so you can do buttons in front so yeah. I can be like as soon as like you know because <laughs> <laughs> there, there is that like half second delay which sort of ruins it yeah and it's you saying wait hold up hold up <laughs> <laughs> while you find the button to press to make the sound effect <sighs> alright um, that was uh, that was an update for me Manny, what's, uh, what what you got for us uh, so I've actually been in Oxford your, your hometown uh, for the last two days nice Sheen and I went down on Monday Monday evening uh, she was there for some like business school event because she works at the business school. She was like, hey, do you want to go Oxford for two days? And I was like, yeah, right. Why not? Uh, and I intended to do to go as a sort of write, writing retreat. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bang out the, the, the entirety of my chapter four of my book, wow. uh, which is all about autonomy. I'm going to bang that out in two days. It was like 4,000 words each day, 8,000 words by the end of it. It's going to be lit. Yeah. Uh, it turns out I didn't actually do any writing at all. Oh, wow. On day one, when I intended to, I, I posted a thing on my Instagram story being like, hey, I'm chilling outside this coffee shop in oxford if anyone wants to come join and like 13 14 people like joined for the next few hours and it was like a really nice kind of vibe where you know there was there's this area in westgate shopping center it's like you know open area with like fake grass on the floor and deck chairs yeah. i just stationed myself on a deck chair with my ipad and people just came and joined and have a chat and then people left and then people joined and there was at, in the at the end there was like a group of 12 of us and that was really cool we were there for a few hours um and then i was like all right cool i'm gonna do some writing uh, went to Sticks and Sushi to have lunch, posted that on my Instagram story. And again, more people joined at Sticks and Sushi. So that was really cool. <laughs> uh, so there were like four four people who joined there, had a bit of a chat. Um, and then, yeah, hung out hung out with Sheen and her like work colleagues who, you know, were, were cool. And then 
another friend came over. It was like a whole a whole day of like various types of social interaction, which was what actually much these, more fun than writing would have been. What are these like mini meetups like? I think we've touched on this before, but like, what's the dynamic? Isn't it isn't it weird that they're all there to kind of hang out with you? Like, isn't isn't there this weird like one to many relationship? Um, I thought there were, there would be. I don't I don't think there was. I think I was holding court a bit more than I normally would in a group situation. Um, but beyond that, like people were like when it, when it was sort of a group of up to five people, it was like the same conversation when it broke off into when it, when it got to a group of like 12 people, then at times there were like, you know, multiple different conversations happening within the group. I'd be talking to one group and then another group would be having their own conversation. Mm. Also occasionally, um, you know, when uh, I was, I was, I was, do, I was doing some uh, research for the book at the, at the same time. So, uh, you know, if there was a bit of a lull, I'd be like, all right, guys, so um, I need, mm. I need some thoughts about this thing that I'm working on. Have you got any examples from your life where ABCD and then people would be like, oh, you know, there's an example from my life with that. And then I'd kind of take notes on the iPad and someone else would chime in and talk. And so that That's was cool. yeah. a very easy yeah, scaffolding. Yeah, yeah for conversation to happen in a fairly natural sounding fashion mm. in a way almost like an icebreaker but it was more like guys i need help researching for my book therefore we're doing this yeah, rather yeah. than right guys let's have an icebreaker yeah 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 <laughs> so that was actually that was the, that was pretty fun that sounds like a good setup yeah yeah and there were quite a few times where uh there was like me and then our friends sheen and, uh, and nabila we were just chilling outside some cafe having some ice cream and like in, in the space of about three minutes, like four people came up to us, like recognizing me from the back of my head. I was like, oh my God, it's Ali Abdel. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, some people, so some of them recognized Sheen as well, had a bit of a chat, took some photos. It was, it was a very nice like experience that I haven't had with that, the, that frequency for a very long time. Yeah. So you, in, you enjoy being a sort of a celebrity out on the town. I love it, mate. It's so good. Especially when like, like, like the power of social media, you can just post an Instagram story and you know hey i'm in oxford any anyone wants to hang out and there, there were like tens of people wanting to hang out one guy even came all the way from london because he was like right this is my one chance to meet Ali Abdul. oh wow okay <laughs> so yeah he was cool uh he's, he's a youtuber as well made a little vlog out of it and he was like yeah it's a bit of an adventure so why not what do you think folks are looking to get out of um a meeting with ali Abdul? i'm i'm actually not sure um i think i mean i think if someone like i don't know if <laughs> if someone that i followed on the internet i don't know if if tim ferris or derek sivers or austin cleon and still around holiday whatever we're in we're in town i'd want to be like oh hey do you want to hang out like not because i want anything from them in particular just be like hey it'll be kind of cool to meet this person that i've been following on the internet irl okay yeah yeah i think that was that was broadly it there were a couple of people who had like oh you know there's one question i've really really been meaning to ask you um are you really as productive as you <laughs> you claim to be on the internet? You know, that, that kind of thing. Nice, yeah, yeah. But it was mostly just a, a very chilled out vibe of just wanting to hang out. At least that's what it seemed like. And it was quite like okay. a diverse range of people, mostly uni students or like, you know, masters, PhDs, a couple of like, you know, people actually with, with real jobs, a couple of like yeah. kids who just finished their A-levels. Um, so pretty, pretty, pretty wide range. Nice, that sounds pretty good. Any insights? Any insights? I think... Generally, in a group setting, I realize that I am not particularly comfortable like holding court and having the attention on me, and it feels a bit weird. Um, but in this context, I like had that moment of like this feels uncomfortable initially, and then I very quickly got over it because I was like, okay, in this particular context, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your job. <laughs> this is literally my job. <laughs> um, and th and so that 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 automatically became became yeah. fine, and I noticed it like. You know, in the in the car on the on the way home from Oxford, uh, we had Angus and um, Sheen's manager from work in the car as well. 
And Sheen's manager's end up was really cool and was doing a really good job of like telling stories and like holding court. Yeah. And I was just sort of like admiring that as like, oh wow, like she kind of read the situation, knew that like, you know, some I didn't I didn't really know her, Angus didn't really know her, and so she was like, yeah. you know, talking about herself. And we all really appreciated that that she was keeping the conversation going. Yeah. I was thinking that's interesting, like knowing when to actually when it's actually okay to tell a story about yourself because i always feel like oh my god i don't want to i don't want to be too i don't know whatever (laughs) i don't want all the attention on me i want to give people a chance i don't want to talk about my life but it's it's those things that do keep keep the vibe going especially when when people are not entirely like don't know each other very well yeah yeah that's something i'm I'm becoming more comfortable with and and starting to kind of notice when like when it's you know in a in a group setting when it's basically my job to now just like talk about something for like you know 60 seconds you know just to lubricate the uh mm. the wheels yeah i find i've actually found that um uh un- unconditional parenting is a great lubrication <laughs> really yeah yeah every mate everyone's got an opinion on it mate yeah I, i'm surprised how much it comes up like i don't even bring it up so like i think uh it, <laughs> you I, don't even bring it up i don't i genuinely don't bring it up like for example <laughs> sorry i had to do that <laughs> like we you know we had this sort of afternoon tea probably like, i don't know weekend before last like a week and a half ago or something with um with friends from school right and i think i okay i, I don't know how it came up it, it definitely came up about half an hour into the conversation and i i think someone someone mentioned oh yeah tame like i've been seeing you like do do these tweets about like this parenting stuff or something like that. So I, th- I think some, someone mentioned something like that. And then I remember you went on like, you know, it seems like you'd been listening to the audiobook or something and you went on this like impassioned speech about like how amazing this book is. And just it's how like, it was Guys, anyone, anyone listening to this, you have to read the book Unconditional Parenting or listen to the audiobook. It's so sick. Yeah, it was really nice to see you kind of shilling for it. And like, you were like really passionate about it. I haven't seen you that passionate about something in a long time. And you were just like going on this rant about how good this book is and what it's about uh, to, to kind of the gang. And it was, it was just so nice to see. You know? Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've been hearing this stuff from your mouth, <laughs> sort of in, yeah. in, in uh, bits and drabs for the last like year or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this guy, he's literally thought of every, everything. He's like put it all in one place. He's got like obje- he's got like responses to the common objections of like, well, you know, if you can let kids do whatever they want, then they're just going to go kill themselves. Or so stupid. He's like, it's, it's just so well thought out. It's, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this is good stuff. Yeah. How uh, how does that feel for you, knowing that like the stuff that you've kind of been independently, somewhat independently thinking about. There, there is actually a body of work on this and some dude thinks exactly the same stuff that you do it's great it's incredibly validating because most of the time like most of the responses i get are you know people kind of shooting it down saying like oh my god like you know you don't wait until you have kids of your own then you can start talking about parenting like who the hell is this guy kind of thing and like even on the podcast you know you're always like pushing back against this stuff and um and Mate, yeah. I'm, fully, I'm, I'm fully sold on it to be honest <laughs> have you finished the book yeah of course <laughs> I actually haven't finished it myself. So. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we did. We definitely need to do like a, a solid episode. Of yeah. Have you have you have you emailed Alfie asking if he wants to be on the pod? I actually have not, but that's okay. great. Mate, add that to your whatever Apple reminders you use for <laughs> to do list management right now. Yeah, I actually don't have any such thing, but uh, I'll do it. Sorry, I have really bad hay fever. The downside of the the handful of good weather days we get in the UK is that it really kills my allergies. And so there's a lot of eye rubbing. My uh, my sinuses are congested. Oh man, man, sounds like life is really tough these days. Yeah, unconscious parenting just seems to come up all the time. Like we had um, 
Luke's and I have got our flat back in London uh, as of know, a few weeks ago. And we had some friends over for dinner, like, I don't know, last week, week before last, something like that. Um, that was amazing, actually. That was, like, so much fun. There was, I don't know, like, six six of us or something. Basically just sat around the dinner table for, like, five hours straight, just, like, hanging out. It was from, like, I don't know, 8 p.m. into the early hours of the morning. And, yeah, just a ton of fun, just, like, sitting at a dinner table and talking. And, like, yeah, I, I remember, like, um, Emily, one of the girls, had, like, the just like the funniest anecdotes about you know a bunch of stuff i i, I have not laughed that hard in yeah probably in the, in the past year it was just so funny and like it was just so much fun and just like great vibes overall and i, I really missed kind of you know hosting friends and just sitting and chatting for ages with a you know, in a safe space with a trusted group of friends nice that's cool yeah um but I think layout, I think layout really matters for these things. Like, for example, I think your flat is not very conducive to that kind of thing. Like in the living room, you know, there's like a, there's like a two-seater sofa next to it. There's like an armchair and it's like, well, what else do you do? Then someone has to go and sit at your desk and then maybe on some people on the floor and stuff. And so you can't really have the same thing because of the layout, like genuinely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think in the in, in the next place I move into, I definitely want a dining table. <laughs> yeah, you know, who who'd have thought? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> having having a dining table would be like a nice thing. Yeah, because before I was, I was like, oh, what's the point of a dining table? We can just eat on the sofa; it's fine. But yeah, yeah. the vibes vibes are a bit different. Yeah, definitely a bit different. Um, um, so there's been a few social sessions in the past few weeks. Have we got any topic in particular to talk about today? No. How long have we been going? I don't know. Feels like a while. How long have we been going? Um, Go back to the other tab. What other tab? All right, studio. Oh, 30 minutes. Um, Okay, there must be some more stuff to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've actually seen you in real life fairly recently, and so these aren't quite the sort of. Oh, I had had a haircut today. What do you What do you think of my haircut? I've I've had a a skin fade for the very first time in my life. Yeah, you're starting to look a bit like a Dubai boy. So yes, (laughs) what I'm going for. I just need the abs now. Uh, The abs. uh, Abs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm I'm working on that too, uh, but I, I, I went to this like barber shop in Oxford called Young Sons. Was that around when you were there? It was like opposite Grand Cafe. There was always a barber shop opposite Grand Cafe. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and for the very first time in my life, I they were like, "What would you like done?" And instead of being like, "Oh, I don't know, you pick," I got <laughs> my phone <laughs> and I showed a picture. I was like, "All right, is it is it doable to do something like this?" Yeah. Uh, my current haircut looks nothing like the picture. Right. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> I thought I thought that was like that was a step in the right direction, and now I feel more confident. It was a picture. Oh, it's just you know I I found something on Pinterest like fifty curly hairstyles for men, and it was like you know this sort of fade thing on the side, but like longer curly hair like going forward. And I was like that would be pretty cool because I have yeah. longer curly hair at the top, uh, but it ended up being just this pure sort of Dubai boy look. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, hey, you know, gotta gotta lean into the stereotype. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I remember I liked your previous haircut. Um, the video quality is kind of rubbish for, uh, on my end right now, so I'm not sure exactly what this looks like. But it, yeah, I'm getting uh, I'm getting Dubai boy boy kind of vibes. There's something which I have been thinking about today. It is based on a tweet. Have you have you seen this tweet doing the rounds? Basically, some some guy called like side hustle something. He tweeted something like, "Would you rather have one million dollars today or?" $50 a month for the rest of your life. <laughs> and then he goes, I choose option B because it's passive income. <laughs> passive income. <laughs> like, I've, I've, 
Like, well, well, hang on. Was this guy taking the piss or was he being right? Rude? Right. So I, I, I thought this was a genius troll. Hmm. This was like side hustler kind of guy poking fun at side hustler, you know, yeah. kind of, kind of uh, narrative of like, oh, passive income. Would you rather do? No, I'd, I'd take the passive income. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, obviously, fifty dollars a month is the worst, the worst option out of the two, no matter what you're, you're what you're optimizing for. <laughs> and then, and then another guy. <laughs> kind of joined in uh we've talked about him on the podcast before sweaty startup his name is Nick. oh Newman. yeah he's, he's he's also often talking about like yeah making money you know business kind of stuff and he replied like yeah i'd go for option b you know <laughs> 50 dollars a month can pay my phone bill and my phone makes me more money 50 dollars a month pays my internet bill and my yeah the internet makes me money <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff <laughs> and then pretty good <laughs> And then some, and then someone like replied to him seriously, saying, "I, I don't know, just some like serious reply," and he and uh, saying like, "Dude, like if you take the million, you can still do that stuff." And then he was like, "Yeah, and what?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I just tell my wife and kids that I got this big handout. <laughs> like, what kind of a man does that make me? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it was, it was just so funny. Like, Nick, Nick, Nick was obviously trolling. I'm, I'm ninety nine percent sure that the original post was a master troll. But at some point in the thread, he says that, oh, sorry, that was actually a typo or something. So that might have just actually been a typo. Maybe he meant $5,000 a month. I, I, I don't know what numbers would make sense. But like, I thought this was like, I thought it was a really obvious troll and like a really masterfully done troll. Yeah. However, the interesting thing, right? The interesting thing was the the tribalism that sparked from this, right? Because, oh, you know, okay. yeah. there's like there's like one you know, tribe of people um, who are like, you know, side hustles, passive income, yeah, got to rise and grind, you know, all, all of this kind of stuff. Love it. And then there's and then there's like a tribe of pe- a tribe of people against them, you know, who kind of think it's it's kind of silly, it's kind of tacky, you know, life isn't about grinding, you know, all all, the, all this kind of stuff. Mm. And um, and the people in Camp B, um, the people in Camp B who are against the against the hustle culture kind of mm. thing, you know, I think they generally consider themselves to be. Uh, you know, smart, thoughtful, rational, you know, not susceptible to tribalism, things like this. Okay. Um, but I thought, I thought the interesting thing was that even though this was a very obvious troll or at the very least a very obvious like mistake, like it was just obviously like, obviously this person was not being serious about a million dollars versus $50 a month. Mm-hmm. Right. But all of these people on the other side, these, you know, people who are, you know, generally considered to be smart, thoughtful, rational, reasonable, you know, unemotional when it, when it comes to these things. They all chose to kind of dunk on it and hate on it, and they chose not to see the fact that like this was obviously not legit. Mm. And I think that's super revealing. I think I think it's always super revealing when a group can a group can espouse a, a, a certain set of behaviors, um, and under most circumstances, their behavior matches that set of aspirational behaviors of yeah. being like you know anti-tribalist, un- unemotional, rational, all this kind of stuff, like. 95 percent of the time 99 percent of the time you know based on the stuff that comes up mm. they operate within that mode but crucially i i think like the 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 crunch time comes in the one percent of times where it is tempting where it might be tempting to break out of that mode and be mm. a bit tribalist and start hating and dunking and all this kind of stuff because the outgroup is stupid and i thought it was super interesting that a bunch of them ended up doing that uh in this case and like i would it yeah, it just made me think that like so much of like what kind of person, what, what kind of people we think we are, is based on the ninety nine percent of the time where it's easy for us to be that that kind of person. Yeah. When actually, 
what matter what you know what matters is the one percent of the time where it's not easy to be that kind of person um and whether or not you still do it anyway mm. yeah that's a good point yeah um i mean i've 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 been thinking about that sort of concept where like i'm 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 doing this like sort of life life coaching e-type program uh with this coach guy who i know uh that's aimed at uncovering like what your values are and what your kind of life's mission and stuff should be yeah and whenever we talk about this thing of what are your values what are the values you want to live by you know there's a list of like 200 values that most people would probably agree with you know honesty integrity compassion kindness making a difference helping people that, that you know ambition you know all this, all this sort of stuff ambition the idea is that you uh, you know one one way of figuring out your values is you look through one of these lists of values and you pick the ones that most resonate with you yeah um and a, a value like you know honesty or integrity or stuff like that i mean obviously every every single person will, will, would broadly agree with that yeah but the the interesting thing to think about and the, this applies to like like you know core values of a business as well is that when it's a choice between that and something else which is the value that's going to actually come out on top so like, you know, that 1% of the, you know, most of us are honest and integral, integ integrative, whatever the word is. <laughs> uh, we, uh, but most of us are honest and we have integrity like 99% of the time, but it's, it's in those like clutch moments where mm. uh, <laughs> it's actually tested that yeah. it starts to, it starts to manifest itself. And we, and, and you can go through life or you, or you can spend a lot of time sort of being fairly confident that you are an honest person until the point where you're not, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, with this with this tribalism thing, like, what were the kind of an anti-hustle people saying about that? Were they like specifically dunking on the million dollars versus fifty dollars, or was it was it more like I don't know yeah, a, a general me, vibe of like, oh my god, this is what's wrong with the world? Let me get my phone because like, I I I feel like I had a semi-similar case a few days ago. Um, so a few a few months ago, I I tweeted out the phrase, "Nothing is fun as a full-time job." Oh yeah, I saw that tweet. And I I tweeted out sort of, sort of semi you know tongue in cheek, semi like you know leaning into the whole hustle culture, passive you know multiple sources of income kind of vibe, but also semi semi seriously because I do strongly believe that very few things are fun when you make them a full time job. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know we posted a screenshot of that tweet on my Instagram, and there was a lot of there were like a couple of people in the comments that were like very against the phrase nothing is fun as a full-time job there was one guy who subsequently deleted his comments um i'm not i'm not quite sure why because i think it was it was it was very reasonable you know he said i'm an he i looked at his profile he's an anesthesiologist in canada he was like see this is this is what's wrong what's wrong with your stuff you're making people feel bad for having a job you know i enjoy working overnight to save my patients lives and you're out here telling people that having a full-time job is not like fulfilling some of us actually enjoy our jobs you just got lucky kind of vibe yeah. And then there was, you know, uh, lots of kind of uh, that, the, that comment got like 50 likes. Uh, and there were sort of like a thread of people kind of arguing against him. But like, oh, that's not what he's saying. That is what he's saying. He's what's wrong with the world. He's what's right with the world. The, the, this sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of sad that the, the dude deleted his comments. Um, but, but I thought that was interesting, right? Because I think his, his problem clearly wasn't with that specific tweet. It was with the general vibe that he thought I have. Which is, you know, apparently making people feel bad for having the audacity to have a job, uh, which I don't think is something that I particularly espouse. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it comes across that way. Um, I don't know. Like, I can see where he's coming from. I can see where he's coming from. Like, sure. I probably wouldn't tweet that. Like, obviously, I, I could see where you're coming from as well. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing to think when some, you, know, you, you read a tweet like that is, okay, under what circumstances might this be true? Mm. And let's kind of think about why that might be the case. Like, there's not going to be any pithy tweet that is always true under all circumstances, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, sure. yeah. like, yes, you could you could look at any tweet. It's not true under all circumstances. Mm. I like my job, you know, whatever. Um, so, like, I don't know, I think that's, that's not it. It's not a terribly useful way to interpret tweets in general. But, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't tweet something like, nothing as fun as a full-time job. Like, why did you tweet that? Um, I think it was around the time where I was sort of getting a bit bored of making YouTube videos. And I'd, I'd switched from being a full-time doctor to a full-time YouTuber. And kind of had this, like, you know, somewhat pithy sounding, somewhat controversial sounding insight that, like, nothing is fun as a full-time job. Okay, but like... Yeah. And, I, and so I thought, oh, hello, this is this is tweetable. Let's go for it. If if you imagine someone reading that tweet, hmm. what kind of positive takeaways do you think there would be from it? The positive takeaways, like presumably you want the, you want this tweet to have some kind of positive impact. Oh yeah, what? I mean, I think from 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 the comments of the tweet and the Instagram post, the positive comments are like, oh yeah, you know, this is why it's really important to have a balanced life and to do multiple things if that's what you're into. So you think you 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 kind of had in mind that someone might someone would read this tweet, nothing as fun as a full time job. Hmm. I think. You know what? Yeah, it's really important to have a balanced life. Um, okay, really? I mean, I'm I, I'm not going to pretend that the reason I tweet I, I tweet things is to have a positive impact in the world, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, so why did you tweet that? Why would I tweet that? Just because it was like a controversial kind of statement, which is yeah, a fair because, reason to tweet. Because it's kind of funny. It's it's true under a lot of circumstances. I felt it was applied to my life there. I knew it was a, it was a controversial statement. It was uh, packing a lot of stuff into a very small, pithy sounding thing, which okay. I knew would that some people would like really resonate with and some people really wouldn't. And yeah. so I thought, oh, you know what? This is a funny, funny thing to tweet out. Yeah, I guess, I, yeah, I think it's like a, just a, a sort of a controversial kind of tweet that's meant to elicit some kind of response um, from either side. I think it's it's the kind of thing where like the people who are already on board will be like, yeah, you know, yeah. screw oh, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and, and the people who have jobs will just kind of feel bad <laughs> about it. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, you know. I guess it's not. Yeah, I guess my fun. job isn't that fun. Yeah, exactly. You know, like so. I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's a there's a there's a time there's a place for controversial tweets for the banter. I have nothing against that. But like, I get what the guy was saying. You know. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not like saying that what what he's saying isn't true. Um, I was making the point that like similar to your tweet about like million dollars versus fifty dollars. Yeah. Kind of thing that there is a camp who is like broadly in my in in my camp of yes i agree nothing as fun as a full-time job yeah i want to have side hustles i don't want to be shackled to a job that i might not enjoy yeah and there's the other camp that sort of isn't really in engaging with the the merits of that particular argument oh i see yeah, yeah, yeah. and instead going like well, yeah well some of us enjoy working our full-time you know i enjoy working overnight to save my patients and stuff like that and if we really push down, push, push comes to shove, you know, if you ask those people that, okay, but like, you know, let's say you've got kids, would you like the option of taking a day off every week to spend more time with the kids? Yeah. yeah. You know, very few people would be like, oh, actually, no, I, I love my full-time job so much that I would continue, I would choose to work 80 hours a week. Yeah. Even if I didn't have to. Uh, and, and, and so in a way it's, it's sort of like the, the anti, you know, the, 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 the people who are anti that particular tweet yeah. were, I think, anti it for like again identity yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah, like I, not yeah. feeling bad about themselves rather than anti it because they actually yeah disagree with the argument as a whole yeah yeah i think they'd, they'd probably put you in a i mean look 
yeah, I think I think there's like a, a hustler camp in which you would be, yeah. and an anti-hustler oh, camp in which they would be, and uh, your your tweet has very like hustler uh, vibes, and they kind of read, you know, someone might read that and think, oh. I mean, but it's but it's weird. Like my my tweet there. also has very anti-hustler vibes. <laughs> huh? My I feel like my tweet also has quite anti-hustler vibes, <laughs> in that it's encouraging people to work part time, <laughs> which is really, really all I'm doing. Uh no, I don't think that's what it's doing. Like, come on. But no, I get that actually it comes across as being in the in the hustle camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite uh, the, yeah, I mean, you know, ostensibly anti-hustle message. Some of the responses to this fifty fifty dollar every month or a million dollars thing are Lamau, this is the dumbest thing I've read in a long time. So if I were you, I would take the one million so I could afford basic education. <laughs> and then some people doing the math. Fifty dollars every month, that's six hundred in a year. That's thirty thousand in fifty years. Bruh, are you high? um you know stuff like this um yeah anyway i just thought that was funny mm. because like the people who usually decry tribalism uh you know some of them seem to be being kind of tribalistic about this particular thing probably um, i think that's i think it's also interesting in kind of it's interesting to see you know there's, there's there's often like little squabbles between uh tech and the media you know tech as in like uh, you know silicon valley types and the media as in like old school media like you know newspapers stuff like that new york, new york times kind of thing like there's often you know fights between the two sides about different issues broadly tech feels like uh the media the traditional media kind of make their money from being super negative being really pessimistic basically shitting on tech because it's an easy target because people in tech are trying to do something you know different you know trying to make a change or whatever and it's very easy to like shit on facebook for you know all sorts of things and all this kind of other stuff right and so that's kind of the common battle and i'm always a little bit surprised to see the tone of the tech folks when some of these battles actually happen you know like once a month or once every couple of months because i think these are generally people who take a very different tone in interactions and you know would i, I would um you know would maybe want to be seen as being like above that kind of sort of pettiness and i think i do see a lot of pettiness come out during the during the uh, tech versus media squabbles on twitter and it's it's just quite interesting to see hmm. yeah fair i can't say i have any particular um, opinion on that given that i don't particularly follow the tech media squabbles on twitter yeah um but i was thinking earlier today i was uh, lamenting to sheen that w- 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 one context in which in my life i've attempted to combine tech and media is in getting a subscription to the economist app oh yeah um and every every few months i, I go through a, f- a phase where i refresh my economist subscription thinking you know what Economist Espresso. I'm I'm going to read that every morning, and then you know the the, the world in brief every week. You know how hard is it just once a week just reading yeah. the world in brief just to be a little bit <laughs> aware of what's going on in the world. Yeah, and th- and then I do it for a day or two, and then I'm like, you know what? I actually just don't really care about any of this, and yeah. I go back to scrolling Twitter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the source of all my news. So I don't know. I I'm very like Im- impressed when people actually have knowledge of current affairs from <laughs> following tech and media and stuff. Why are you why are you impressed by it? I think I mean I'm impressed by it. It's similar to how I feel impressed. Like if someone has, I I I feel impressed when someone has like wide wide ranging knowledge about like wide ranging multidisciplinary knowledge because it shows that they're interested in lots of things. That they read a lot. That they've you know clearly engaging with stuff. Right. Um. I w- I, w- I wouldn't praise them for it. You know, crucially, but oh, I would be like in inwardly impressed by that. Um. And so like you know I've got a a friend who is like super clued up on all of the interesting things going on in like politics in the middle east and 
you know, be like, all right, what's the deal with Israel and Palestine? And he'd like explain it from like, okay, you know, we, mm. we've got to start by going back to, you know, 600 BC and, yeah. you know, then we go down and then the story of a time, what's the deal with Turkey? Okay, well, Turkey's a bit complicated because blah, 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 you know, what's the deal with Iran? Okay, well, funny you ask, because Iran's a bit complicated because blah, 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 yeah. and, and just seems to really know all that, all that sort of stuff. And that's yeah. a place that I would love to be in because I know that like, there's so much cool, cool shit happening in the world. But because yeah. I don't have a framework or a baseline framework on which to hang that knowledge, mm. it just feels like random bits and bobs here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when, like at one point, I think it was a few years ago, when I was driving a lot to placement and back in med school, where I started listening to the Hardcore History podcast by Dan Carlin. And there was like this six episode series about World War, was it World War One or World War Two? World War One, I think. Yeah, World War One. And each episode was like four hours long. And so I, I'd listened to like 24 hours of podcast content about like World War One, And oh, it was so, so interesting. It was really, really cool. And I remember now, like, like even now to this day, when, when I hear stuff referenced in like a museum or history or a book or something or between yeah. about that period. Yeah. It feels so much more colorful because I have an, yeah, yeah, a knowledge yeah. of like a, a pretty decent knowledge of what went on in 1914 to 1918. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to have that for the, because I feel like that's like, uh, you know, we're we're literally like we're we're living through history, history being made, um, and I feel like I'm kind of taking a backseat of that because I just don't understand the wider context, the wider context, and the things that you should need to understand for that stuff to make sense. Yeah, I can, I can watch a Vox video here and there that explains I don't know the Israel-Palestine conflict or, or whatever, yeah. and be like, oh, okay, I kind of get that for like five seconds, and then it, and then it all goes, and now and the next time I hear of like you know, yeah, the West Bank, I'm like, okay where is that what is that like how does it how does it work how does it fit into the things that i know yeah. um, hence why that's impressive hence why I, I try taking out a subscription to the economist every couple of day every couple of months uh but it, it, it never quite works and so the, this is something i'm in, I'm, I'm i'm interested in I, I need to pull my friends who are very well informed about current affairs about like a sort of beginner's guide to sort of <laughs> recent world history yeah, um, yeah but i guess that that again that, that that also feels too too broad and maybe it is about actually like understanding sort of just potentially keeping up to date with the news and then when something strikes my fancy be like oh why is that kind of trade deal with iran like a big deal then yeah exploring yeah. that particular rabbit hole but i don't know any any thoughts on this yeah I've, I've had a similar experience from the ages of like probably 17 to 22 about once or twice a year i will i would get a subscription to the economist they'd pile up in my room unopened in the little plastic bags <laughs> <laughs> that I'd cancel it and rinse and repeat the following year. Yep. So there were, there have been periods in the past where I've aspired to being clued up about current affairs. Um, I just find it hard to be interested in it, to be honest. I think, um, I think I've, I've mostly concluded that um, there's not too much point, you know, for me you know, uh, to, to, to read up on that kind of stuff. I think, um, yeah, I, I read stuff about the domains that I'm interested in. You know, I get, I, I'm, I'm very like up to date on latest stuff um, for, for like tech and tech adjacent things from Twitter. And then I like read about other things that I care about, but uh, I'm not, I'm not terribly sold on the value of keeping up with current affairs. I do. I, I'm very much sold on the value of uh, having a broad knowledge base. I think knowing about um, lots of different kinds of things does make life more meaningful. Like if you are, are if you know a lot about trees if you're really into trees then a walk in the woods is very different for you than it is for someone who doesn't know about trees and if you know about birds then you know hearing you know being out and about and hearing 
you know, birds chirping is a very different experience than if you don't know about birds and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm totally bought into the, the value of, you know, knowing, knowing about things. I think current affairs specifically, I, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I, I do think there is something there around like feeling a connection to the rest of humanity and, and that kind of stuff. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's quite abstract. But yeah. That's, mm. um, that's my hot take. Nice. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that if I have that broader context of, of the world, then when stuff happens in the news, it's like, oh, that's, that's really cool. That's really interesting because A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. Rather than, oh, okay, something happened in the news. Yeah. I think yeah. similar to the trees example, like imagine if any time, you know, basically every day when you read the news in the morning, you were like, you could, uh, you could actually understand what's going on because you appreciate the wider context. You could put yeah. that thing in with the thing. Be like, oh, that's an interesting take about, you know, s- similar to how you keep up to date with the latest tech stuff. Um, and you find it interesting when stuff when when the, there's developments in tech. Uh, I mean, broadly, current affairsy stuff generally affect affects has has the potential to affect just as much, if not more, as like the latest tech app that's out there. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, like the current affairs is is definitely like yeah, like it's definitely stuff that's more important than the latest tech app. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like intrinsically interested in it. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that, you know, I'm sure I would be if I knew enough about it, but mm. that's, it seems like quite a big, big hill to climb before I can get there. Yeah. So if anyone has any recommendations for books, uh, audiobooks preferably, that give it a decent introduction to important things that you just found engaging, then I would love to hear it. The other audiobook I've, I've started listening to is, uh, on, on your and Imran's recommendation, is Slavery and Islam. Yeah. What do you think? That's good. Uh, right? it's, it's very, very interesting. Like, I, I thought it was going to be dry, but it's really not. It's like ridiculously engaging. Yeah, the author is really good. A guy called Jonathan Brown. Yeah, he's just awesome. Yeah, and like in the in the introduction, he really like lays it all out there. And he's he's like, all right, you know, Muslims have a bit of a problem with 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 the idea of slavery. Obviously, slavery is bad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, but clearly, slavery was condoned by the Prophet and is is like a thing in the Quran. And so, how the hell do you like answer that particular objection? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, in 2014, ISIS suddenly announced that they were like taking slaves and they were going to have sex with their slaves. And, you know, Muslims around the world were like, oh, crap, like, it's, uh, you know, that is that is a thing in the Quran. Um, but you can't like say it's bad because then you're going against the Quran or you're going against prophet. It's like, you know, creating this whole mess. And he's like, okay, this is really, really complicated. This book is, the, is, is you know, my, my attempt to yeah. answer that, that thorny question of like, what, what yeah. the hell is going on with slavery in Islam? Yeah, and so I'm, I've I think I finished chapter one now, and chapter one is all about like defining slavery, which is like sounds weird, but like huge kind of know, worms in itself. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a huge kind of worms. Like how the, how the hell do you do you define slavery? And he, yep, yep, yep. Any any attempt made to def- I mean, he he caveats it at the start with being like, you know, obviously this is an incendiary issue. Um, you know, slavery is one of those things whereby it is sort of very prescient, very kind of like there in people's minds depending on what demographic you're from for example yeah, if you're a black yeah. person then the thought of slavery is like like an actual thing that affects you whereas yeah. if you're a white middle class person like this guy is then it's a sort of oh you know lol the british empire you know we probably shouldn't have done that let's brush it under the rug type t- type situation um it's interesting because his point there is that like you know all of our all of our definitions like he's he he goes off on this whole thing about definitions that i've just never really really considered it's like Mm. Well, what is it like um there's like fancy philosophical terminology for it nominalism versus realism okay yeah Uh, i can't remember the details yeah so realism is 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 the thought is is the idea that you know 
there are, uh, you know, when we, when we have categories for things, those categories actually exist in the real world. Uh, Whereas nominalism is like those categories and uh, the, 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 there are things out there in the real world, but the categories are sort of in our minds. Yeah. 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 Um, and so he uses the, the example of like a dog and a bear and how like, okay, you might try and define that a dog is like, you know, a small creature with fur and like four legs and blah, 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 blah. blah and that mm -hmm. defines a category of dog. And he might say a bear is a bigger creature with like four, yeah, four yeah. legs, a bit, a bit hairy, blah, blah, blah. That defines a category of bear. Um, but really when you see a dog, you know, it's a dog. And if you saw something that, you know, technically fit that definition of bear, but actually looked like a dog, you would, you would either ignore the definition or you would redefine dog to include that thing that you already know is a dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how we do this for everything without even realizing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so for stuff, you know, there's that famous uh, judge who said, you, you, when asked to define hardcore pornography, he said, I don't know how to define it, but I'll know it when I see it. Mm. Um, and he says it's, it's similar for things like terrorism and slavery, whereby it's very, very hard to actually define. And it really yeah. is a case of I'll know it when I see it. And terrorism, for example, generally means, oh, it's, you know, a crime that was done by someone that doesn't look like me or a crime that was done by a brown or black person, generally a brown person these days. Um, and any attempts to define terrorism end up getting like weird, w weird things that are on the periphery that you certainly wouldn't define as terrorism, but fit into the definition. Yeah. And similarly with slavery, any attempts to define what the hell slavery actually is, you, you end up in this absolute mess where there's lots of stuff that fits that definition that clearly isn't slavery and lots of stuff yeah. that clearly is that doesn't fit that def definition. And so his, his whole thing is about, like, okay, you know, uh, when, when we say, when when we use words we should be mindful about like the fact that we have you we have used a word for something means that we are creating that category in our heads mm. to generally mean you know th that thing that i think looks like this thing so yeah. when we when we say slavery normally the, the images that come to mind are the transatlantic slave, slave trade people with dark skins chains you know people being treated as property people being like dehumanized and like physically punished etc cetera, etc cetera. um and his point is that actually you know, slavery is this whole like absolutely vast thing that has like changed like so much across time and across cultures that yeah, yeah. define it with that very kind of transatlantic -y kind of yeah. imagery that we have from films like 12 Years a Slave and stuff is not entirely legit. And, and so he, he kind of tackles that in the first chapter. And then he's like, well, you know, at the end, at, at the end of the first chapter, he, he kind, of, kind of makes the point, but okay, kind of, you know, you, you know, all these definitions aside, let's just, let's put all of, the, all of that aside and let's just define slavery as, you know, I'll know it when I see it because we all kind of know what slavery is in our heads, yeah. even if we can't define it. And then, you know, in further chapters, he goes on to, to, to talk more about it. Um, the, the, the one I, I'm, I'm most looking forward to reading is chapter four, which I think is called the slavery conundrum. Um, and what he says, this, the, the, the slavery conundrum is, you know, it's, it's, it's not the conundrum that, you know, is slavery good or bad? Because obviously slavery is bad. The conundrum is like, why was it, why has slavery only been considered bad for the last 200 years? Why is it that like, you know, philosophers and prophets and, you know, all of the people that we look up to and venerate and respect and, and idolize from the past, from before the 1800, n none of them had any problems with slavery at all. <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. really weird. Like, you know, it's not that, that humanity suddenly had this like moral awakening where all of a sudden yeah. in 1850, we realized slavery is bad. Like it's, it's pretty weird that Aristotle and Plato and like all these fancy people and all the prophets and like they all, they were all all right with slavery. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I think, I'm I think that was as a, where, where he goes the, there. Yeah, the biggest thing that stuck with me from from the book is that question of like, you know, lots of people have been thinking about morality, ethics, all of this kind of stuff for a very long time. Yeah. And they didn't conclude that this is like bad or, or like that this is, you know, 
you know, we, we kind of consider it like you know one of the worst possible things nowadays yeah. and like you know why is it the case that you know for for like millennia you know the you know, people who had done a lot of thinking and you know from what we can see genuinely cared about you know getting to a good set of morals and, and ethics and things like that they didn't think it was bad it's pretty weird yeah pretty yeah, weird it's yeah it's an absolute banger of the book. Like, it sounds like a very niche topic. Like, it does. Slavery, yeah. <laughs> slavery like super niche. Yeah. Specifically, slavery as it relates to Islam. But it's actually just like a really good general book about kind of philosophy and how to approach these kinds of things. And like, yeah, just a general concept of like slavery and, and how to approach that philosophically and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I do often find that, that there are like, bu- there are books and topics out there that sound super niche, but are actually like surprisingly generally applicable interesting relevant valid all of this kind of stuff <clears throat> i think slavery and islam is um is one of them i've said this before on the podcast i think um books about parenting another books about education another like this is all stuff that sounds super niche like oh i'm not a parent i don't really care about that why well, would read a parenting book or like oh i'm not a teacher why well, would read an edu- education book but like it's just super relevant to tons of different things Mm, yeah, there was a, a thought I had while while listening to Slavery and Islam and kind of kind of being very impressed as to how engaging and accessible it was, which is that I think when I was younger, I lumped books like that in the category of this book will be boring and it's not for me because it wasn't like, I don't know, Alex Ryder or Cherub or, or things like that. And yeah. I've just sort of held on to that general idea that, oh, okay, a book looks like this and it has that title, therefore it's not for me. Um, oh, really? And I was I would just sort of thinking about that i was like oh hang on i'm a i'm a grown-ass man now you know i'm i'm pretty pretty well educated i can understand big words and for some reason i just hadn't quite questioned that oh you know this book is a bit dense it's a bit hard to read uh (laughs) yeah as like and and that is you know in the in the past was my my reason for just in my mind dismissing books that feel that felt that seemed kind of academic and dry as being academic and dry yeah Uh, but actually now if i gave them a chance especially in audiobook format you know yeah read by someone who is a good audiobook narrator yeah They're actually like broadly very accessible um another That's one that I, yeah. I i really enjoyed in my third year is called iq and human intelligence because i was studying psychology and iq was like one of, one of my favorite topics and i literally read this entire textbook like academic like cover to cover and it was so 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 interesting and i never would have given it the time of day because it looks like a dry academic textbook um so now I, I want to find more stuff like that where it's like, oh, you know, an engaging read written by someone who spent like, you know, 20 years researching a topic and can actually yeah. just give the whole thing with lots of nuance and lots of background. And you just end yeah. up learning like loads of cool stuff that way beyond just the topic of slavery and Islam or beyond just the topic of yeah. IQ and human intelligence. Yeah, 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 exactly. I feel the same way about fiction books. <laughs> if, I, uh, if there's a book title, like if there's a book that's like a storybook kind of mm. thing. And and the title is yeah, it's basically like a fiction book. I'm like, oh no, I don't, I don't know how to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure I know how to read it. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can recommend the fiction whole, wholeheartedly. But yeah, slavery and Islam is a banger. All right, we better wrap things up there. My hay fever is getting really bad, and it's uh, it's almost bedtime. Cool. Do you want to read out a review? I'm not sure if we've had any recently. We haven't put out an episode in a while, but I'll give it a go. Oh, we had a, we had a three star review recently uh, from someone in Ireland. It's entitled Unpredictable. It's a three-star review. I enjoy this podcast when it comes out. It's a little sporadic, which is disappointing. Three-week gaps between episodes are common. Also, they seem to be having more interview-type content, which can be a little sycophantic. I don't know what that means. Uh, I much it, prefer... it means arse-licking. Oh, uh, okay. I much prefer when the lads are just talking about a topic rather than trying to just flatter a guest. Um, yeah, fair comments. We have had three-week gaps recently. 
quite a lot of interview. Um, I don't think we we we, we 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 try to just flatter a, a, a guest though, but maybe sometimes it comes across that way. Um, yeah, I think inevitably all interviews do kind of come across that way. Mm. Like I get it, um, but yeah, no thanks for the review. Sorry for the inconsistency. Sorry for the uh, the sycophantic to re. The sycophancy, I think, is the is that is it actually you know yeah it is. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for the review. Anyhow, we will uh, we'll do better. One nine eight nine three six three in Ireland. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will we will actually see you next week. Are we going to publish this? We might as well just like publish this tomorrow. The whole like Monday thing, like. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel I feel like it does make sense to have a sort of a a, a day to publish. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so let's keep it on Mondays, just so people have a, a vague expectation of what's going on. Okay, that makes sense. All right, thanks um, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. bye. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or DM us at nOverthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.